Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 396 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about stock splits, and specifically because one of the biggest companies in the world just announced a stock split. And we've seen this uh, a few times over the last few years, and so I want you guys to understand what stock splits are, how they work, uh, and ultimately how they may impact the investor, you and I, and the decisions that we make in our investing lives. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now this week, Alphabet or the parent company of Google, and I say this week, I mean this past week, um, they announced their earnings. And not only was it a blowout uh, quarter for them earnings-wise, uh, they also announced a 20-for-1 stock split. You may say, okay, well, Dylan, I don't have any clue what you mean by a 20-for-1 stock split. Well, we're going to get a much better clue uh, in today's episode. But they announced uh, this stock split, and you know, like a rocket, uh, the stock goes up. And again, you may say, well, why in the world would uh, the stock go up just on the announcement of a stock split? Now, I will go and, and tell you that it wasn't just on uh, the announcement of the stock split. They did have uh, a huge um, you know, earnings beat and uh, they did fantastic in their operations this past quarter. Uh, but from, uh, let's see, uh, Tuesday, February 1st, from the close Tuesday to the open, on Wednesday, the stock increased by 10.14%. And that's for a company uh, that's already over a trillion dollar market cap and now is pushing up against a $2 trillion market cap. But nonetheless, uh, they announced this stock split. And so let's understand, and this is the importance of today's episode, I want you to understand what a stock split is and why that might be important to us, right? So uh, a stock split simply happens when a company increases the number of its shares to boost a stock's liquidity, right? So liquidity is this big word that we all use uh, just simply to mean um, if there's more liquidity, then there's more uh, ability to buy and sell shares of the stock. If there's less liquidity, then there's less buying and selling of the stock going on, right? Typically liquidity is talking about how quickly can I turn things into cash? That's how liquid something is, right? Well, the stock split is going to help increase liquidity, okay? Now, although the number of shares outstanding increases by a specific multiple, the total dollar value of all shares outstanding remains the same because a split does not fundamentally change the company's value. So this is also very, very important, right? A stock split does not change how much a company is worth, which may make you say, well, then, you know, why would it have any uh, impact on the stock price? That's a very, very good question because, um, 
you would think if something didn't have an impact on firm value, it also shouldn't have an impact on the stock price because the stock price is, uh, you know, we would expect in relation directly to firm value. So we continue on. The most common split ratios are two for one or three for one, which means that the shareholder will have two or three shares respectively after the split takes place for every share held beforehand. And that really sums up what the stock split is, right? The stock split is if I have one share of stock, right? Then what's going to happen, especially in like Google's case, right? Um, if I have one share of stock, uh, then that share gets split into a bunch of other shares based on whatever the company chooses, right? There is no preset, even though, like I said, the most common ratios are two for one or three for one. Uh, like I said, uh, Alphabet is doing a 20 for one, right? They're kind of doing it all at once. Instead of doing, you know, several over time, they're doing uh, some big ones. And then I know a couple years ago, uh, or maybe a little less than a couple years ago, back in 2020, uh, both Tesla and Apple uh, had splits, uh, one of which was five for one, one of which was seven for one, right? Um, and basically all this means is that for one of those shares, let's say it was a five for one split, for one share, you'll end up having five shares. Now, those five shares are not going to be equal to five shares pre-split. You may say, okay, now you're losing me. Well, five shares pre-split, right, is going to turn into 25 shares post-split, right? But the value of those shares would stay the exact same. So let's just take Google as the example, Alphabet as the example, right? Let's say their share price is $3,000, which uh, it's getting quite close to. Uh, it's in the 2800s as we speak. But uh, let's say their share price is $3,000 per share. Well, doing a 20 for one split would mean that one share at $3,000 would turn into 20 shares uh, at hundred, approximately $150 a piece, okay? So you say, okay, that makes some sense because the value does not change. Like I said, this doesn't have an impact uh, on companies' values, right? It has an impact on uh, simply the liquidity and the number of shares outstanding, right? So they're going to you know, multiply by 20 the number of shares they have outstanding, uh, but it will not increase shareholder value other than uh, maybe the change in the share price, whatever that change may be, right? Um, because otherwise, you're just saying, hey, I had one share, now I have 20 shares, but they're worth the exact same. They're still worth one uh, you know, pre-split share of Alphabet, right? Um, so... Then you may say, well, why would why would a company even uh, do this? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This isn't um, super interesting. We'll get to it, right? But uh, there are strategic reasons as to why a corporation would want to do this. Now, a stock split is a corporate action in which a company issues additional shares to shareholders, increasing the total shares outstanding by the specified ratio uh, based on the shares they held previously. Now, companies also. Now, companies often choose to split their stock to lower its trading price to a more comfortable range for most investors and to increase the liquidity of trading in its shares, okay? So um, you may look at Alphabet share price and go, okay, this makes a little more sense as to why they chose to split because they have a $3,000 stock, right? And uh, if you were trying to buy full shares of a $3,000 stock, that means you're gonna have to come up with $3,000 a share. 
right? And uh, that's that's a hefty price even for one share of stock, especially for the individual investor, right? So they may not want to um, take place in that. So if you could just buy full shares, right? Um, and you know, you've got Alphabet with a $3,000 share, uh, you would have to have a $100,000 portfolio just for them to take up as little as 3% of your portfolio, right? Which is still um, relatively substantial. So um, the, it would make sense that they would want to split in that way. Now, the argument against in this particular case uh, would be that you, know, you can split all you want to, but fractional shares are available uh, from brokers now, right? Um, these, uh, you know, exchanges and online brokers and all these types of things are not requiring uh, that everyone buy full shares of stock. Now, some still do, but most of them don't, right? Most of them say you can buy fractional shares of a share of stock. Now, what's that mean? That means uh, if I just have $10, uh, I could buy $10 worth of Alphabet stock instead of going in and buying one $3,000 share. Right? I could go in and buy $10 worth. Um, but for some reason, even though that's available and that's possible, uh, companies will still do this and it still boosts liquidity. It still boosts uh, the interest of investors in the particular stock. Right. So most investors are comfortable purchasing, let's say, 100 shares of stock um, of a $10 stock, right? As opposed to having one share of a $1,000 stock. And like I said a moment ago, the reason that that would make sense is because the one share of a $1,000 stock just takes up more of the portfolio. You can uh, really spread out the, um, you know, the percentages that you own in things uh, if they do have lower prices. Now, when the share price has risen substantially, many public companies end up declaring a stock split to reduce it. Although the number of shares outstanding increases in a stock split, the total dollar value of the shares remains the same compared with the pre-split amounts because the split does not make the company more valuable. Right? When a stock split is announced, companies often describe it uh, as one special stock dividend. Okay, and we know what a dividend is, right? A dividend is when uh, you get paid uh, in a, a certain way, right? So um, obviously a cash dividend is the most common and a cash dividend is you just getting paid cash for being a shareholder. A stock dividend would be you getting paid stock for being a shareholder, right? And here it says that they often describe this as a one-time special stock dividend. You're like, well, how's that a stock dividend when uh, ultimately it's not changing the value of the underlying shares, right? Um, well, that may be a little confusing, but ultimately it is increasing the liquidity in the stock, probably increasing um, the stock price ultimately. Uh, and when that happens, then you had an increase in value from absolutely nothing, right? Now, a company's board of directors can choose to split the stock for any ratio, right? For example, a company may split its stock two for one, three for one, five for one, 10 for one, 100 for one, whatever. Right, but we know a three for one stock split means that for every one share held by an investor, there will now be three. In other words, the number of shares outstanding will you know, ultimately triple. On the other hand, the price per share uh, will be reduced by dividing the old share price by three. That's because a stock split does not alter the company's value measured by market capitalization, right? So we talked about this. Now, what are some special considerations? Well, market capitalization is calculated by what? The number of shares outstanding times the price, right? The price per share. 
Yeah, that's how you get to uh, these companies being a trillion dollar company or a three trillion dollar company or whatever. Now, for example, uh, assume that a company has 20 million shares outstanding and the shares are trading at $100, right? So um, if you just do some very quick math there, we're talking about what a $2 billion uh, company, right? Because you have 20 million shares times 100, right? That would give you a $2 billion market capitalization. So let's say that the company's board of directors decide to split the stock two for one, right? After the split takes effect, the number of shares outstanding would double to 40 million while the share price would be halved to 50, which would leave the market cap unchanged. Uh, so you take the 40 million shares times $50 a share, and it's still a $2 billion company. Okay. Now let's talk about some reasoning behind uh, the stock split. I think this is important. So um, why would you go through the hassle, right? It doesn't seem like a big uh, gain. Even to myself, sometimes you, you look and you go, this is, um, you know, why would you do this? This is just a marginal gain to be had. Well, a couple of reasons. First, right, um, when a company decides on a split, um, they do so typically when the stock is quite high, right, and is expensive for investors to acquire uh, a standard board lot of 100 shares, right? And so you may say, well, what in the world is a standard board lot? Well, a board lot is a standardized number of, number of shares uh, defined by a stock exchange as a trading unit. This is determined uh, to be what's called a round lot. And the purpose of a board lot is to minimize uh, the uh, trading odd lots and to facilitate easier trading. It's more difficult for a broker uh, to find a buyer for say 17 shares. Uh, if everybody agrees to trade in 100 share lots, uh, when the advent of efficient online trading and fractional shares uh, came about, however, odd lot trading is less of an issue. So even though this can be helpful, it can be helpful uh, to keep things on um, you know, the 100 share board lot uh, type deal. It's not as big a deal because of fractional trading, right? I said that that is a big um, you know, headwind against the idea of the stock split. Now, there are other reasons. Now, the higher number of shares outstanding can result in greater liquidity for the stock, which facilitates trading and may narrow the bid-ask spread, right? So the bid-ask spread is basically, uh, you know, the price you pay uh, for a particular stock versus the price that somebody would pay to buy a particular stock from you, right? It's this uh, spread because ultimately what you have when you go in to buy any stock or sell uh, any stock is you have this whole list of buyers and this whole list of sellers at different prices, right? And as the seller, right, you would love to sell uh, at the highest price possible. So typically, sellers are trying to sell at a higher price than the market, and buyers are trying to buy at a price lower than the market, right? Thus creating this bid-ask spread, right? This spread in the middle of the uh, you know highest of the bids and the, the lowest of the asks. And so, you end up finding this particular spread, uh, and the wider this spread is, the less efficient pricing is going to be, but the, the narrower this is, the more efficient, the more liquid uh, pricing is. Now, increasing the liquidity of a stock makes trading the stock easier for buyers and sellers. Liquidity lets traders and investors buy and sell shares in the company without too great an effect on the share price. Uh, that can help companies repurchase their shares at a lower cost, uh, since their orders would not move up the share price of a more liquid stock as much. For some companies, this can mean significant savings. So I think this 
uh, is a really, really good reason why a company may split their stock because we know that um, not as many companies want to uh, initiate dividends nowadays. Many want to uh, repurchase shares and they like the flexibility that comes with repurchasing shares uh, and especially in down markets, really good companies with really good cash flows want to come in and repurchase their shares. Well, in doing so, um, they'll, they'll benefit from the fact that they split their stock, created more liquidity, um, and now can you know, not impact the price as much as they would have previously uh, with the higher price stock. Now, while a split in theory should have no effect on stock price, it often results in a renewed investor interest, which can have a positive effect on the stock price. Uh, while, this, while this effect may wane over time, stock splits by blue chip companies are a bullish signal for investors. And so, um, as you saw with Alphabet and as you uh, saw with um, you know, Apple you know, in 2020 and Tesla in 2020, uh, I mean, investors got really excited. They got really excited about these companies uh, and then just jumped right in. Now, many of the best companies routinely uh, see their share price return to levels at which they previously split the stock, leading to another stock split. Walmart, for instance, split its stock 11 times on a two-for-one basis between the retailer's stock market debut in October uh, of 1970 and March of 1999. Now, this explains something that we commonly see in stock price charts, right? So if we were to pull up uh, Walmart stock, and I'm just going to pull it up on Google because, you know, who cares, right? You pull it up on Google, and let's say you go back as far as you can. Right now, the furthest I can go back is February 12th of 1982. And it says that Walmart's uh, share price on February 12th of 1982 was 34 cents. And I'm like, okay, why would, um, you know, a stock like Walmart be trading for 34 cents back in 1982? We're not talking about 1922. We're talking about 1982. So you'll see this type of thing very, very commonly uh, in these blue chip stocks. And so it's just uh, something that happens. But uh, it is important for us to note when we look at uh, historical stock prices that, hey, the price may definitely not have been uh, what they say it is here. It you know, could definitely be on a split adjusted basis. So an investor who bought 100 shares in Walmart's IPO, their initial public offering, uh, would have seen that stake grow to 204,800 shares over the next 30 years without any additional purchases, right? So the number of shares that you had would have multiplied by 2,048 uh, over the 100 shares uh, that you would have bought, which is just crazy, right? And you know now, ultimately, you have $139 stock at um, 204,800 uh, shares. That's going to be a quite substantial net worth just in Walmart stock that you could have had. Now, in August 2020, like I said, Apple split its shares. Excuse me, it was four for one. I, I guess Tesla did the, the five for one. Uh, right before the split, each share was trading around $540 a share. After the split, the price per share at the market open was 135, approximately uh, 540 divided by four. An investor who owned 1,000 shares of the stock pre-split would have owned 4,000 shares post-split. Uh, Apple's outstanding shares increased from $3.4 billion to approximately $13.6 billion, while the market capitalization remained largely unch unchanged at $2 trillion. So that just shows you the mechanics of this particular idea. Now, uh, regular stock splits are not the only thing that occurs, right? Uh, we can also have what's called a reverse 
stock split, which is literally the opposite. It's literally the opposite of the stock split. Now, a company carrying out a reverse stock split decreases the number of its shares outstanding and increases the price uh, of the share proportionately. As with a forward stock split, the uh, reverse stock split does not change the value of the company after the split. A company that takes this corporate action might do so if its share price has decreased to a level uh, which it runs the risk of being delisted from an exchange for not meeting the minimum price requirement for a listing. Right, So this is one of the most common reasons why a reverse stock split may happen. Uh, you have a company that uh, they don't want to get delisted from an exchange because you talk about decreasing liquidity. Uh, getting delisted from an exchange can really, really hurt a company. Uh, and so they don't want to get delisted. So they will do a reverse stock split uh, in order to increase their share price and keep from getting delisted. Now, certain mutual funds may not invest in stocks priced below a preset minimum price per share. Uh, a company might also opt for a reverse split to make its stock more appealing to investors who may perceive higher price shares as more valuable. Now, that's a particular reason, uh, but the mutual fund reason, I think, is a very good one, right? If funds won't buy your shares, then again, that's going to decrease liquidity. And ultimately, it'll decrease the share price over a long period of time because you don't have some of the biggest investors taking part in your stock. Now, a stock split reverse forward is a special stock split strategy that's used by companies uh, to eliminate the shareholders holding less than a certain number of shares, right? A reverse forward split uh, consists of reverse stock split followed by a forward stock split. So this is a, a weird thing that you don't see super often, but it can happen. Uh, the reverse split reduces the overall number of shares uh, a shareholder owns, causing some shareholders who hold less uh, than the minimum required by the split to be cashed out. And then the forward stock split then increases the number of shares owned by the remaining shareholders, right? So this is something, this reverse forward split uh, is something that firms can choose to do uh, in order to impact uh, the people who actually hold their shares. If you hold less than a certain number of shares of their stock, then you're going to be um, you know, effectively taken out of ownership because you'll be liquidated based on that initial uh, split. Now, what happens if shares that you own undergo a stock split? Well, uh, effectively nothing, right? Effectively nothing happens with you, right? You just get credited with what you should uh, have ultimately, uh, and your broker handles it automatically. There's nothing that you need to do. And then you may also ask, well, does this affect your taxes? Because let's say you hold shares in a taxable brokerage account. Um, is, is there some tax implications? Is there buying and selling going on? Well, no, right? The receipt of the additional shares will not result in taxable income under existing U.S. law. The tax basis of each share owned after the stock split will be half of what it was before the split. And that is with a, a two for one split. Uh, but obviously it could be a fifth, a, a tenth or whatever based on uh, what the ratio of the split was. Now in general, uh, are splits good or bad? Well, stock splits neither add or subtract fundamental value, uh, but the split increases the number of shares outstanding uh, even though the value does not change. Immediately following the split, the share price will proportionately adjust downward to reflect the company's market capitalization. Uh, if a company pays dividends, the dividend per share will be adjusted accordingly, keeping overall dividend payments the same. Splits are also non-dilutive, meaning that shareholders will retain the same voting rights they had beforehand. Right, uh, And so splits are generally done when the stock price has risen so high that it might uh, become an impediment to new investors. Therefore, a split 
is often the result of growth or the prospects of future growth and is a positive signal. Now, now that's a normal forward split, not uh, a reverse split. Um, moreover, the price of a stock that is just split may see an uptick if the lower nominal share price attracts new investors, right? Um, so ultimately, there's really nothing but a gain to be had from splitting you know, shares of a stock within a certain reasonable range, right? If your share price is, you know, I don't know, let's say $20 a share and you want to do a 20 for one split, that won't make any sense, right? But uh, if your share price is $2,000 a share and you want to do a 20 for one, that may make a whole lot more sense like it does in Alphabet's case, right? Uh, so as long as you do it responsibly, a stock split really leaves you with nothing but something to gain. Um, and obviously the reverse split uh, should only be done in uh, situations where it is advantageous to do so as well when your price is low enough uh, that you need some reason to increase your share price and ultimately decrease the number of shares that you have outstanding. Ultimately, increasing the number of shares you have outstanding uh, leaves you with you know nothing but you know gain to be had. And so decreasing that number of shares outstanding um, either by you know, share repurchases or uh, reverse stock splits, uh, you need to have good reasons in order to do so, right? Um, so the stock split, I do think is something that is very interesting. And it's very interesting for uh, investors who hold either individual stocks or just, um, you know, are parts of the market uh, in general via um, index funds or, uh, you know, ETFs, mutual funds, whatever. You need to understand this because if you're looking at the price of an individual stock and then um, you know, you look up a couple days later and the price has gone from 3000 to 150 and you're like, what in the world has happened? Has this stock absolutely tanked? Especially if you own it, right? And you didn't know that it was going to split or you didn't pay attention to the fact that it was going to split. Then you may be really, really caught off guard. So we need to pay attention to this. We need to know what happens. And we need to know when we hear, uh, you know, there's a stock split occurring, exactly what that means uh, and how it may impact us as investors. Now, like I said, overall, when it comes to just value, uh, there's very little value change because there's no value lost in a stock split, um, but there's, you know, potential, you know, nominal amounts of value to be gained. Uh, but, you know, this is really up to the discretion of the company and the benefits that they think they can gain from doing uh, a stock split. I would argue that the benefits were far greater before fractional share prices before fractional share trading existed, uh, but you know some of these um, you know positives may very well still be the case uh, in the age that we live in now. But I'm interested to see how stock splits change over time and whether or not companies choose to continue doing them, uh, even though it comes at very little hassle, um, and even though um, you know it seems like investors still like it. I wonder if they'll keep doing them. Uh, as the the need to buy full shares uh, basically goes away. So hopefully this helps you to understand another topic uh, in investing in the stock market and something that is very relevant right now when it comes to one of the largest companies in the United States. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. 
And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.